Full of Sound and Fury is a podcast for adults, by adults, containing adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Of uh, the old Magic the Gathering term, summoning sickness. <laughs> you, you gotta the... wait. You can't tap that card. You gotta wait. <laughs> right, exactly. All right, now you're tapped in. Uh, yeah. Got all my lands in place or whatever. I, I haven't played Magic in like 15 years. Maybe more. Well, definitely a lot more. Maybe 20 years. Yeah, it's like a 30-year-old IP now. That's still the trading card game, right? I I would assume. That and... Uh, Pokemon, uh, Pokemon, right? yeah, the one that's yeah. whatever causes violence in the stores is probably a top game, and that Pokemon gets that crown for now. It's not a great crown. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Let's dive right in. Let's go. It's been a long time since we've done a full of Sun and Fury podcast, America. Yeah. The rest of the world. I'm Cyrus Mornazavi of GreatSourceStudios.com. With me, the inimitable Ariel Rodriguez of Austin, Texas. Hello, everyone. Why can we never get these done in February? I, I don't know. I, I was thinking just the other day, I'm like, I, have, I think maybe because the uh, the pandemic has removed like other like outside-the-home distractions that it's like abundantly clear, like, something is going else on in February that just slows every other initiative down. I don't know what it is. You know, my day job, like there's uh, there's like annual stuff that comes around this time of year, but I can't pinpoint like outside of the day job what it is. But February seems just really tough. It's historically bad for us, the, the back half of winter, and it seems like it should be the other way around. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I, uh, I did fall prey to COVID, so that took one Saturday oh. away. Uh, not because I was feeling, I had it very mild and felt very fortunate Good. to be so, but uh, my throat was shot to hell. Yeah. So I, I wasn't in a position to yak for an hour about Marvel movies. <laughs> and then I, I guess there, our usual record time kept coinciding with the, the couple of NFL playoff games I wanted to okay, watch. Okay. But, I, but as an annual right, the fact that we can't seem to get it together in winter, I, I really have no explanation for beyond witchcraft. <laughs> and perhaps Vladimir Putin. I, oh, yeah, just, yeah. I'm going to blame everything Who's on that? him right now. Yeah, that's that's fair. All right, so we have no answers to that question. Okay, <laughs> another year goes by without without any clarification. Yeah, I I got nothing. I really <laughs> beyond sorcery. Well, I I have a I'm gonna, I'm gonna open this up with an, with another bizarre question. When did Florence Pugh become the queen of the internet? Great question. Because I I think it's beyond contestation that it has happened. <laughs> She has a 100% approval rating <laughs> for someone I didn't know existed like <laughs> six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was like an uh, indie movie darling because of that, uh, what's the name of that movie? I never watched it, but uh, Midsummer. Did you to sleep? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it was Midsummer, and then, like all the indie horror fans you know, got to know her and that creates some, some internet buzz and then show up in Black Widow and Kind of steal every scene you're in, more or less, and then Hawkeye cemented that. I think 
we got kind of a double Yelena dose this past year that maybe at least I wasn't expecting a, a follow-up uh, appearance until after at the end of Black Widow when I was like, oh, that's going to happen. So, I don't know. Her profile seems to be getting bigger and bigger. We had posited a very different character art for her, that's for damn sure. Yeah. I didn't see her just hugging it out with Clint. <laughs> <laughs> but that is essentially what happened. Yeah. And being, uh, you know, besties with, uh, with, with Kate, no less. No for mac and cheese. Yeah. With a lot of hot sauce, which... That's not my jam, but, you know, I'm not going to yuck somebody else's yum. I think behind, like, um, poor college student food, I think that's number two only to, like, um, ramen. All right. I, I'm not, I'm, I think macaroni and cheese is divine, but I don't put Tabasco or, or Cholula yeah. sauce and the shit in there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there. Maybe it's just us old guys or something that's, like, you know, what the kids do. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Okay, so, yeah, it, it's really on the strengths of just of that movie and Yelena Belova. Okay. I, I guess. I mean, I maybe she showed up somewhere else that the younger generation folks, you know, pay attention to that I don't. But it seems to me that's the case. She just rocketed to superstardom with that with that uh, age demographic. Like no one since Billie Eilish. So I just I figured <laughs> there was something else going on there, and it turns out no, it's just. <laughs> Yes, she was in like one horror film, and she's now she's now she's in the MCU. So okay, I, I guess raise the bar. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys. I'm just saying Emma Watson made eight Harry Potter films. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> don't know why I think that's important, but okay. <laughs> so since last we convened during the uh, the regency of His Imperial Majesty, um, a lot of shit has dropped. Where would you like to stop, to, to start, rather, Ariel, on the, on the streaming offerings? Man, I don't know. Did we even talk about The Witcher last time? We did. We did? Okay. Yes. I thought we had, but I wanted to double check. You had to explain it to me. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, we went there, I got <laughs> Where are they going with all that? It's, it's, it's one of those shows. Yes, like, the... what the hell did I just watch? And The Wild Hunt, I remember <laughs> we talked about. The Wild Obscure Hunt. Uh... Yeah, so since then, what's dropped? Uh, Book of Boba Fett, because we were, I remember us being excited about it. Mm-hmm. Might as well start there, although the internet's probably had plenty to, to say at this point. That uh, I think that's excellent, the because The Witcher is a great foil. <laughs> sure. And that it's a bad show that I like anyway. <laughs> or am I, being t- am I being too harsh? On The Witcher? On, on Boba Fett. We've on already, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I like it anyway. I guess I'm with you. Like, re- regardless of what anybody says, I I acknowledge that it was weird that for a show titled as such, Boba Fett didn't show up for like half the episodes. I I I acknowledge that. But what, when he wasn't there, it was still fun anyway. So whatever. I think maybe we're. I was I was telling Joe this the other day, or maybe the other week, because it's been a little while since Boba Fett finished. Um, that it was hard for me to understand what the the meta strategy with, with the Star Wars Mandalorian adjacent stuff is right now. And maybe that's just like people get too wrapped up into the whole thing. And that's what drives some of the disappointment because fundamentally, like episode for episode, it was fun. It was fun to just show up on a Wednesday, watch the episode, a smile on my face, at least partway through, if not all the way through. And then it was over and waiting for the next week. 
but when you start to get in your head and start looking at social media and all the other jazz about like what why is the book why is it called book of boba fett boba fett's not there oh the mandalorian and grogu had plenty to do in this in this uh in this show and you start to think like well what are they trying to do and it's like well does it really matter and if it matters to you and you're a fan and you're trying to post and stuff then you can get angry about it i guess but otherwise it's fine it was fun I have a specific question I want to I want to throw at you. Uh, at you being an engineer, um, it's this is not at all it, probably a good place to start, but it, it's the thing. It's just if, if, given a show that did have a lot of nits to pick, this is the one that drove me crazy the most. And is that Slave One has to be the stupidest design for a ship ever, right? <laughs> With the rotating inner cage, I think it's brilliant the way they like worked around it. Did they, though? I feel like they just accentuated how stupid it was. <laughs> well, it was almost like the, the, the design of the inner cockpit that <laughs> rotates with the rest of the ship like, uh, is, a, is like evidence that like, e- like even in-universe, in the engineers that were probably given that ship design were like, crap, why, did they, why were we given this? Like, somebody gave me this thing and said, go build it. Now I gotta make it work. And uh, I guess we gotta build a, a crew compartment that rotates and stays in place while the rest of the ship rotates around it. This is kind of ridiculous, but all right. So what we got to do to build this thing. We got the contract. Let's go finish. <laughs> okay, so there's two ways to look at this, I guess. The fact that you can't see what you're doing when you take off feels like a yes. problem. That yes. On the other hand, you could make the argument it makes it very hard to steal, as we saw in uh, episode four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so perhaps it's an intentional theft de- deterrent. Maybe it's designed with for a species that uh, has eyes on both parts of their body or like both halves of their body or something so space traps yeah i I guess i don't know i I, yeah because they also can't reach the weapon deployment terminal from the seated (laughs) position (laughs) yeah maybe not meant for humans and Uh, and hacked hacked into it it's just so bad so they can't steal it without it being a a, they had time of it ariel i think it's fair to say (laughs) get that thing out of jaws basement Yes. Then they want to go inspect this hole in the ground. That's tough. They have to point the face <laughs> into its face. Yeah. Because he decides his armor is in the hole when it, when it clearly wasn't. I don't know why yeah. he thought that, so that was weird. Yeah. I don't know if that was just like PTSD had him forget because he was trapped in a stomach, acid stomach for a while and didn't realize he got jacked by Jawas. I suspect that was bad writing. Is the answer to that yeah. question? Yeah, there's. Really I mean, you can writing. you can backfill all you want with whatever <laughs> fan canon you want, but yeah, yeah, that, agreed. Someone didn't think that shit through. And then finally, we can't blast our way out of the the hole <laughs> because we can't reach the shooty shoe button <laughs> from a seated position. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have a separate ship gripe that uh, someone else pointed out on the internet, and I just can't let it go. Uh, and again, like doesn't distract from the fun, but uh, the Mandalorian's new ship is he still a bounty hunter? Because where's he going to put his bounties? There's no room in the new ship for put up to put a bounty to save his life. He's got a tiny little droid like mech, astromech compartment for Grogu. He's got the cockpit where he sits, but if he's going to carbonite some dudes or dudettes and store them for later bounty collection, where? Where are they gonna go? There's no <laughs> cargo compartment. Yeah, you went from the Razor Crest. <laughs> Plenty of space. 
to the sleek uh, midlife crisis machine, and uh, we didn't. He traded a, a Sprinter van for a, a, a Corvette. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's some advantages to that for the purposes of, of avoiding the space popo, as we saw. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, when it comes time to. Yeah, I don't know. The, yeah. the, as a culture, the Mandalorians don't seem to be very adept at moving cash around. Boba Fett's <laughs> sure. helmet doubled as a clutch. <laughs> It was kind of a, it is a bizarrely disjointed show, but yeah, it was really fun. I thought the climax where they just, they had the all-out war was, was, was pretty cool. Cad Bane making it to live action? Yeah. I didn't expect that. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah, I guess I, was, I didn't anticipate it either. I was really excited to see it. Yeah. I, I think I'm almost as excited for Cyborg Timothy Oliphant, but maybe not. <laughs> Do you like the direction they took Boba Fett in? I'm okay with it. I think you had mentioned last time we we had the cast that it was a little bit of a weird character turn for him to be kind of a little bit more of a humanitarian is not the right word, but to care about literally anyone but himself. <laughs> and uh, and and the Tuscan Raider arc, early arc there, like it made sense that he would generate some compassion, but the turn, I felt like they didn't spend enough time on the turn. So it was like, I could see how he maybe goes with this experience and ends up the way he does kind of the rest of the way. But the turn part from getting out of the acid belly to uh, feeling really sad about the Tusken Raiders getting uh, getting shot up felt too fast for me. I, I mean, I know where they wanted to go with it, but and I'm fine with that direction for the character if they had maybe explained it better. I just I didn't, I didn't see much div- like development or change on the screen there it, you know, it was super fast and because of that the idea that he because you know he's a he's a prisoner yeah he, they literally have him digging in the sand for water <laughs> yes so his the shift in allegiance I, I i think i gotta say i think it just felt kind of false because of how fast it happened it, it's a very different place where we left that that guy at the end of return of the jedi for sure and then throwing on top of that the ambition to be essentially Jabba's replacement is I don't know they did a lot of cool things with the premise but yeah the motivations aren't very tightly they're they're about as tightly uh uh set up as the uh the ship situation I would say yeah I think they they knew some kind of like big story beats they wanted to hit but the steps leading to them and going like kind of coming out of them seem almost rushed like and maybe they did rush i mean the pandemic does has done all kinds of crazy stuff to the media so maybe that's a part of it i don't know but regardless like I, the steps leading to the big moments uh, unclear i almost wonder if it's a disservice to the greater canon to to take him in the kind of like the uh the reformed uh Guy who becomes the lawman on the frontier, which was which was the trope they played with a lot. Given that they they have Jinjirin as the quote unquote good guy Mandalorian already, maybe leave him in the role of, of uh, I mean he's not he's not pure evil, but he's you know he's definitely a quote unquote bad guy. Lawful evil? I don't know. Where does he fit on the uh, the the matrix of uh... of the Dungeons and Dragons alignments? Yeah. yeah. Lime no conversation ever ends well going there. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was fun, and it definitely sets up some interesting stuff for the Mandalorian. Yeah. Even though it's 
not really about him. <laughs> yeah. Now, as a father, when are you going to present your child with a a mithril onesie? It's gonna be a bit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was yeah. just like, what, what's the what's the proper turnaround for that? Yeah. Yeah. Don't think that you know. I, I guess I don't know uh, necessarily. Like, does does Grogu, the the human equivalent of a toddler, a little bit older? Is he more like a five to seven year old? Toddlers don't like weird fitting or or uh, extra clothes. If you're not comfortable, they're gonna let you know, or they're gonna rip it off. So that kind of counterintuitive, you know, counterintuitive to the concept of armor. If you're gonna just, you know, be like, get this off me. So I think I wait a bit, personally. I feel like I learned a lot just by asking that stupid question. I'm really <laughs> glad I did it. You interface with the world in a different way when you have the kid. You know, it's just like constantly worrying about your intents too. <laughs> <laughs> You just know that there's like a curve of development and where they are, and like there's just going to be some stuff they ain't ready for. You know, drinking out of a cup, like an open ended cup. Good luck, buddy. It's going to take a little while longer before you just sling a pint glass over it to them full of juice, even or water. You know, yeah, there's a reason it's a juice box. Yes, straws, critical at this stage. I think ultimately that, and I guess in the final accounting, that's really good, though. It, it left us really excited for season three, which, yeah. which already had a lot of cool stuff built up from the right. previous season. Yeah. And now they have this whole angle where he has to go under this weird purification rite. Meanwhile, Boba Fett just constantly taking his helmet off. No one gives a shit about that. <laughs> but I guess it's, it's like a Death Watch thing, right, from the yeah. canon. right. Let, let, let's tackle this one because I feel like there's a lot here too. Uh, on November 5th of last year, Eternals dropped. Oh, yeah. For streaming. Yeah. Actually, no, that's not right. <laughs> it came out in theaters. It came out in theaters. Correct. It it, ignore like what I'm saying. I'm just, yeah. Again. Somewhere around ears. Yeah. Somewhere when we couldn't ever podcast is where <laughs> Eternals came out. I, I assume you've seen it. Yes. Okay, so this this is. Let's start. Let's start from here. This is clearly a bottom third of the MCU film. Yeah, I guess. Which is not bad. Like, it's not a bad territory. Like, I feel like uh, it's better than Incredible Hulk in my mind. A high uh, praise, indeed. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. I came out of it. Well, I you know went into it because watching these movies this way is kind of weird because like we didn't have that initial like go see it in the theater and make an opinion on the spot with everyone else. Right, we had the the whole wave of everybody talking about it in our friend circle and on the internet and everything else, and then then we got to see it for the first time after that, and so like I watched it and I and at the end I'm like, why did people think that everybody just talked throughout this movie and nothing happened? There was plenty of stuff. There's plenty of action here. I I enjoyed it just fine. In fact, I watched it for a second time recently, and I'm like, yeah, it feels like its own little thing and like not really connected to the rest of the MCU in any meaningful way, but that's okay when you have, like, how many Eternals were there? A dozen? To start with, anyway? Like, they need to kind of just be their own thing. But yeah, I had a different vibe than the rest of the MCU, and I don't know, I was, I was fine with it. It's fun. To answer your question that I think you were actually, actually um, asking rhetorically, it's because the action sequences are the weakest part of the movie. I could yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh and and, and that's fine. Um but Chloe Zhao not known for her breathtaking <laughs> action sequences from her time no. on John Wick. Like what uh, yeah, okay. 
yeah. but get it yeah but to your point she kind of kills it on everything else here thematically it was interesting each of the characters even the the less uh impactful uh eternals for the screen time that they had was pretty entertaining like nobody it it wasn't clear to me at least at the beginning which ones were going to be like the ones that died other than you know ajax it was like starts the whole thing but like i, I was like clearly they're going to they're going to weed they're going to thin this herd a little bit somehow they're going to weed them out but like it was hard to know it was like well crafted the story as far as that's concerned i think she she gets the she got the tone very 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 well uh, very right i guess is what i'm trying to say the, i guess where i'm coming at from this is this is a pretty good Eternals film. These are not A-list characters in the Marvel canon no. by any way. Right. I mean, like people as high up as Neil Gaiman have, have failed to do things with these, <laughs> these fucking characters. <laughs> sure. I think this is about as good as Eternals could be. Uh, I, I think the fight sequences could have been a little better. Probably not much, though, because you, you do kind of have to have that CGI nonsense given their power scale yeah. towards the end. So I, again, again, I think the ceiling there is a little lower than you'd want, but it it's shot beautifully. She spent a lot of time trying to speaking to the idea of, you know, being a seven thousand year old being. I agree. And like you know the two hundredth iteration of that. Yeah, that's a that's pretty esoteric concept. I thought she hit it pretty well. It was easy to understand, like that they have done this many times, even though they weren't aware of it, and that they are also world weary like the world weariness hit them like sat on their shoulders but didn't burden them and like they had the burden but they didn't they weren't dark and brooding right like kingo is like just trying to like you know be a movie star or whatever mm -hmm. and like live the life like they didn't it, it wasn't that they were all like in a cave smoking a cigarette and just being like oh i'm too old for this stuff or i've seen it all like they each had their own personality and their own issues you know sprite for example and Athena, but it was all unique and interesting and fresh they weren't all kind of just jaded and just kind of hanging out like each of them went out into the world and spent all that time doing whatever was natural for that character which would kind of pick up along the way and it felt varied enough that it was that there would it, it wasn't like a chore to sit with one particular character i felt even icarus who was kind of the the, the quintessential straight man bounced off everybody else in different ways um and yeah i just I, like i said I, I enjoyed it i agree about the action scenes but it was fun it had a lot of characters as you said they and as you also i would agree they also they have very distinct voices though for the most yes. part they're not replaceable uh, or very interchangeable for the most part i could maybe think of a couple like Gil gilgamesh, gilgamesh there wasn't uh, there wasn't a whole lot there yeah which is smart that they tied him to Athena in a way that let them kind of have their own, you know, history and kind of path there where he was kind of her, her steward in a sense. And like that, that worked, I think, just kind of as a setup so that they didn't have to develop him too much because he was going to be one of the ones that... It's, it, it, it's interesting you bring up Icarus. I, how do I want to say this without being an asshole? <laughs> The Stark boys, <laughs> on their best day, are average thespians at best. Yeah. Now, in Kit Harrington's case, 
that's okay because he's going to be Black Knight somewhere down the line. Right. He's very much a tertiary character in this go around. Just, just kind of, you know, um, Cersei's link to humanity, as it were. He's gonna have to work on it though, because there's presumably big plants. Yeah. <laughs> Richard Madden, by virtue of being Icarus, is not afforded this. He's arguably the most important character in the whole story, and he can't yeah. carry it. I think this movie's a much more highly regarded if a better actor is in that role. Hmm. I can see that. The way he handles the revelation is pivotal to the, this particular plot. You know, he's also the romantic, one of the romantic leads. He's, uh, you know, arguably the leader. Uh, they're, I guess they're, they're field. He's very cyclopsy in that regard. Yes, yes. Kind of the field marshal. And none of this comes out very well <laughs> in Madden's performance, and it's it's extremely problematic. Yeah, he's pretty he's pretty blank. Like he, the love story between him and Cersei is probably the the least believable part, just because of his the way he portrays that. I could see almost a religious zealotry to his devotion to Arsham and like the whole plan and how he kind of becomes psychotic and then I so I can see kind of this the the overly straight portrayal of that aspect but the if the love angle is going to bring some warmth to the character and like get him to change his mind about attacking Cersei at the end and all that jazz like I didn't that I agree that that's that's that was problematic I didn't it, I, I, it's it a very very cold very staid performance from a yeah. character from and a a role that was asking for a, a lot of uh, a lot of fervor and, and he, almost he, duality right like he needed to have be in conflict and you didn't understand at least i didn't that i didn't get the view that he was i was told he was conflicted but I didn't <laughs> because see. he told you yes <laughs> but i didn't see it i didn't see it in his face in his portrayal i certainly didn't feel it yeah yeah and i yeah i, I think if you get one recast i think it's it's got to be Icarus, and I think the film probably becomes a lot better if you do that. Um, <laughs> the MCU is, is so big at this point, though. I don't know who the hell they haven't hired, so I don't know who the, I don't know who the hell that is at this point. <laughs> well, it's a shame because it's uh, one and done. Like uh, you have yeah. to invest a lot in a character that's, unless you're going to go do prequel stuff later, uh, like it's or or resurrect them as a clone, which I guess is always a chance that you can do that given other character people that are designed and not created or whatever i guess you could do that but it's it definitely looks like the outlook for an actor who picks up that role who might be like a star for the movie might not last very long so yeah it makes casting harder i would say oh you know who would have been perfect because he's already done this the one and done in a romance the guy from bridgerton i haven't watched bridgerton so i couldn't tell you okay i can't give his name either let me me look that up because that's a disservice (laughs) to him because he was excellent oh come on oh god in contrast, uh, Harry Styles, is that his name right? Harry or Henry? Roger Jean Page? Okay, well, okay. I didn't make that better by looking it up. I apologize. <laughs> that guy. I'll take your word for it. R- RJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so, that, that's kind of what they were... They were she, I think that's what the, the, uh, the script called for, but that's not what we got from actually, that. <laughs> yeah. In contrast, I was going to say... Uh, I don't remember if his name is Harry or Henry Styles. So I'm not up with the the the, the boy okay. band. In English, they're the same name. <laughs> <laughs> but that guy that plays Eros yeah. just drips style from the second he teleports in. Right, like you can tell there's a difference just in the way he carries himself. 
uh, different character, granted, but like he owned that. He was like all over it for like the whatever thirty seconds he was on the screen, just as a point of contrast. Well, absolutely. But that might speak to my my earlier worry that they've 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 just they've kind of cast out the whole of Hollywood. They're like, um, uh, how about Justin Timberlake? What is he doing right now? Sure. Uh, <laughs> but there's still plenty of actresses because they don't do things with actresses right. for the most part. Sexism but... still a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we still don't have a release date on Captain Marvel two, do we? Uh, 2023, right? I thought it was 2023. Is it okay? That would be good. <laughs> I have a feeling they're being a little mum on some of the stuff that needs some of the Disney Plus shows to kind of start the fan the flames a little bit of the of the the, the media push. I'm sure that I mean they don't need it necessarily, but like I, I bet they they want some of that. Which reminds me, we got. I, I assume you have it on your list that Doctor Strange trailer. Yeah, well, let's okay. tackle it right now. This feels like a natural segue. I, look, for, for starters, they're going to fix what, what we're just complaining about, or at least partially, um, you know, because Wanda is going to become the heavy hitter that she has been in the comics in the 21st yeah. century, so that's cool. Yeah. How about that, uh, that the voice? <laughs> of course, the end of the trailer, Mr. Patrick Stewart, almost certainly. Oh, I must have missed that. Oh, man. The, the voice that says we, we should tell him the truth at the end of that trailer is... Almost certainly Patrick oh, Stewart. Okay, okay. Who do you? Who is he? Okay, so if if, if it's a, if they went and got a knight, an actual knight, this has <laughs> got to be a big deal. Who the hell do we think this is? I think it's. I think they mess with everyone's minds and they they cast the Illuminati, but with alternate actors. Some of them are obvious. If you're gonna have mutants, you can just bring in the regular Fox mutants because no one has seen those characters yet. But like, I don't. I'm pretty doubtful about this, but. I think there's a rumor, you know, going around. It has for a while that Tom Cruise is going to be in this movie uh, as as a as a Tony Stark variant because he tried he, he was in the running to play Tony Stark back in oh seven oh eight before Iron Man came out before Iron Man started filming. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they just grabbed a bunch of alternate actors to cameo as some oh, that's fun. multiversal Illuminati, and they just you know. Play with everyone's heads like they did in Wanda in WandaVision with uh, uh, what's his head uh, playing Quicksilver. Uh, just that that seems like a thing that they would want to do in a multiverse of madness movie. The literal title, it's like. Am I an asshole that in this scenario I want Nicole Kidman to be the alternate Pepper Potts? Fuck it, do it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> if she's even there, who knows? Because uh, the people are saying, oh, he's going to be Superior Iron Man and. Yeah, 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 and like I, I never read Superior Iron Man, but I looked it up, and I was like, okay, it's kind of a more evil Iron Man because they made a bunch of characters evil during that Axis crossover event in the comics years ago. Um, so he could be kind of a more hard edge Iron Man, and maybe like you know, throw in I, I, the, the the tricky one to me if they're really going to do an Illuminati is like, are they going to put Black Panther in there? Who's Black Panther? <laughs> Or maybe they just do like half Illuminati and they don't like, they just avoid certain problems like that and just kind of give enough, focus enough of the shock value on some of these alternate like variant characters with the different actors and not dig too much into the making it one for one with the comics, which makes sense. Nothing's one to one with the comics. But the fact that Patrick Stewart's there and he's like strangers in front of some tribunal or something makes it feel like maybe it's a, it's an Illuminati thing. Well, it could be a celestial thing. 
could be a celestial thing. I mean, there is a living tribunal. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> that is a character. <laughs> it, and it, yeah, it's got three faces or something. Yeah, right. Yeah, on. I've not read uh, the Infinity Gauntlet comic series in basically since it came out thirty years ago, but that is a thing. There's a bunch of yeah, there's a whole bunch of weird shit they can play with there if they want to. And I feel like Eternals kind of going back just briefly. I feel like that's opening up that corridor more of the oh, MCU. absolutely. These movies feeling a little are feeling a little bit more fractured in a way, which I think is good. You wanna you wanna make it not one franchise is gonna be applicable to everyone anymore. And I think Kevin Feige has talked about that for a long time. But I think this is like it's actually really happening. If they don't have another Avengers film for a long time, because they're off doing cosmic stuff, cosmic serious with Eternals and like that stuff, cosmic funny with the Thor and the Guardians. And you've got like street level stuff with the the cap characters and the Spider Man, Daredevil, all that stuff. And then you've got the mystical branch of stuff, some multiversal stuff that maybe collides with some of the other parts of the franchise. But like it starts to diversify more. So maybe some of these aren't mega blockbusters like Avengers Endgame was, but they they appeal to a certain audience that maybe is captured that wouldn't have been captured before. I wonder if that's the way Marvel's going because it's. They're clearly taking more risks, and I think they understand that that's going to alienate some people. Well, well, they have to. They they've hit yeah. they've hit all the big ones. Yeah. With with the Infinity Saga, they didn't. It was twenty films. So it, now they got to start doing the the more recent twenty first century uh, hits that they've had, which aren't that many. So it's going to be interesting. It's gonna it's gonna have to forge its own path. I feel like and. That doesn't necessarily mean you get Game of, Game of Thrones season eight necessarily. <laughs> I understand that being the fear. <laughs> sure, but you got to you got to gamble, right? You've got to you've got to roll the dice a little bit. Yeah, because otherwise they're just going to start retreading like the comics did, and it's not working out so well for them. <laughs> yeah, it's shown to be not healthy. So, yeah, I oh god, could you imagine the emergence of a toxic fandom around the MCU? <laughs> sure. Yeah. What what a, what a special hell that'll be. <laughs> You touched on something interesting, though, in, in your uh, your breakdown of where they're going here. The, the idea of the multi the multiverse of the characters, like who's like, who's top on your wish list there? Of a a variant come up. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine it's Superior Iron Man. Although I think that would be fun. Yeah, at least for a cameo. I mean, I, I don't think make like a three film trilogy out of the dude or anything like that. But I don't know. It's a great question, though. A character that they like. Let me throw this Go out away. to you because I've thought about it, and I, I have my my dream lister is. Go for it. It feels like a shame that Emma Stone would not yeah. be used as Spider Gwen. Oh, that'd be great, right? Wouldn't that be badass? Yeah. yeah. Pretty much anyone that wants a, another another shot at a Marvel hero, like you have your chance. There's most likely some variant of the character you played before in the early 2000s that sucked that you can turn into a more interesting version. Or in the case of like this cruise as as a shitty Stark, it kind of speaks to how good the first version was. Yeah, and there's some value there too. I think for world yeah. building, for sure. Yeah, I, I I gotta say like the way they're handling this. I haven't watched uh, Spider Man No Way Home yet. It's uh, painful that it's taking this long for it to come out. Oh, you know it's gonna be longer <laughs> because of the Sony thing, right? Yeah, yeah. They only announced the date. It's like end of March or something. So like March twenty okay. second, some nonsense. For digital and then like even longer for but, but but on demand right whatever yeah yeah that's totally worth paying for it yeah uh but anyway i mean i kind of know enough like you can't avoid spoilers entirely like I, I don't know the journey that they take to get there but i know like you know the bigger surprises more or less 
uh, notionally anyway. Couldn't tell you specifically, but I feel like they've the way they've handled this multiversal thing has gotten people excited for the older movies, and like they've found a way to like put it all in the big tent instead of saying like nah those those early 2000s movies they don't belong there's nothing there's no value there ignore those they're like goosing the whole system they're like well it's all it's all in the multiverse baby and you never know you know you want to see <laughs> i think it'd be hilarious if like ben affleck daredevil yeah he's still around somewhere <laughs> you know like it's possible it it's possible it gets people excited it brings it brings I could things. totally see him doing that. Yeah, in some weird way. He, but... he was lamenting in an interview earlier this year that uh, a young unknown man by the name of Kevin Feige was on that production staff. Right. He's a, he was he had he was in the X Men franchise, right? That's where he started or something. Um, like Feige's has always been kind of tangentially involved, but the fact that they kind of made these older movies, which everybody had written off, is like sort of part of the canon in a way with this multiverse the the way they opened up that possibility to let people make those connections on their own i just think is they've handled it the politics around it really really well like it's gotten people more excited than they could have been about the older franchise movies my spoiler free take is they've um they they're handling it excellently too after kind of a problematic year for the marvel films in 2021 uh no way home is a it's arguably it's a top fiver in the canon. Yeah. It really is very very good. And boy, did they go for broke with the premise. <laughs> so yeah, get it, Marvel. Keep doing it. Moon Knight better be weird as hell. <laughs> it already looks weird as hell, so I, it better deliver on that too. I'm looking forward to it. Have you completed Peacemaker? Yes, I have completed Peacemaker. That was oh. a show. That was an excellent show. Yes. <laughs> and I had not prepared myself for the possibility that would be an excellent show. James Gunn, man. <laughs> he can weave some magic. <laughs> Let me tell you. I don't think we actually appreciate how good he is at what he does. <laughs> He's so freaking good. It is. With the, in, when, you tra- when you traverse in violent black comedy like that, it's very easy to overdo it and mess it up. I can only think of one instance where I think he kind of he kind of went over the line in his, in his entire filmography so far. That's really impressive because that is not an easy dance to perform. But he's so far almost you know batting a thousand on it, and then to inject like a, like a lot of heart with it and not just comedy is is also next level. Because you yeah. know Tar- Tarantino's been trucking in this kind of trade for decades now, sure, and making good movies, but. They don't have the uh, they don't hitch in the feels in the way that uh, gun stuff does. And John Cena, man, what a performance! Like that guy, like I don't know if it's probably some combination of his skill at at as an actor and the talent and and kind of working with what he was given, but also James Gunn and the creative team kind of making Peacemaker kind of fit to him too, and just like the marriage that they found there just works so so well he essentially found a uh, really deep and meaningful story with the um u.s agent god bless oh yeah that. oh senior moment yeah. <laughs> i was like who what? i was thinking about dc for a second i was like mm-hmm. me cap. okay yeah no but th- th- no exactly this was th- this was their take on that you know, yeah i, th- I think yeah. they did it better although you know that 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 series had a lot a lot of shit going on too so you know <laughs> 
and was trying to be a different thing altogether. So maybe maybe that's not even an apt comparison. Different goals for sure between the franchises of trying to make, make tell a similar story, just very different goals. Yeah, I just, I'm kind of surprised Hollywood struck gold twice going through to uh, finding an actor out of wrestling. <laughs> like that, that Dwayne Johnson really is a pretty good actor. Is feels very fortuitous. And now that Cena seems like he's got at least a little bit of that as well, that's great. Yeah, and I did not see that happening at all. But yeah, he, no, he's he's good. That's a hard character to make sympathetic, even with you know Gun trying go, going for that that particular take. But Cena had to sell it. This yeah. is like the opposite of Richard Madden as Icarus. Yeah, yeah, I was I'm just gonna at. say yes. <laughs> I was just gonna say the same thing. It's yeah. like the the script had plenty for you to follow along to make him sympathetic, but Cena sells you on it. As opposed to, <laughs> uh, and I, I also want to throw out while, while we're heaping on praise here from the performances, Jennifer Holland. I, I just I want to give her credit and her nutritionist and her workout <laughs> instructor. She is legit swole in this and looks like an actual badass. The problem with these goddamn movie, um, well, the, the Hollywood machine is these actresses. You know, sometimes they're asked to be heroines, but they're they're. They're clearly scared to bulk for fear of being quote unquote unfeminine. Yeah. And the, the narrow way, the narrow way, <laughs> the narrow way that Hollywood defines that. And, you know, she's, she's, she's not huge, but you know, she, she had her, she bought her tickets to the gun show as it were. Yeah. 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 She, yeah, she was, she was definitely, uh, she was very fit and she, she was, you know, her, her hardcore was, she had the physical presence for it. Yeah. Not just the acting chops. I was very, very impressed. And you, you see, you see that so seldomly. I was excited that they that she did that. And this show, kind of not not related at all, but I was gonna say this show. Uh, it's gonna be hard to compete with it for uh, best opening sequence of twenty twenty two, if not ever, but twenty twenty two at least. <laughs> I got mad at Aaron for daring to try and skip the intro. Oh, I was yeah, like, never, are you never, kidding never. me? This is amazing. <laughs> I don't know why why they went that way with it. <laughs> oh my god, it was great though. <laughs> All that being said, you have to understand though, my last go around with the character Vigilante is season five of Arrow, right? <laughs> right, yes, and you got a very different portrayal. Yes. Vigilante. This is one of those things where what Warner Brothers just kind of throwing shit at the wall and see what works doesn't really it's kind of problematic because you do have like very different takes on that character. Yeah, but that was yeah, it's kind of like a a shitty Deadpool. I think that worked pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> he stole a lot of, a lot of scenes that he was in. I feel oh like. yeah, not an easy thing to do with this cast. Yeah, everyone brought it. Yeah, Gunn has really this is the, this is the third time now. With what, go around, but with eclectic, mm-hmm. bizarre characters and making it work. And this time I did it across seven hours. Or, yeah. Well, how many were there? I don't even fucking remember. Something like that. Seven yeah. or eight episodes. I forget. Eight. eight. Right. Yeah. Oh, uh, also, I would like to give a just a, a, a verbal high five to Jason Momoa for being a good sport <laughs> and, and squeezing into that orange green monstrosity just to make a fish fucking joke. <laughs> just chef's kiss. That was good stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I did not expect that. <laughs> it's clearly not uh, Herring Cavill floating about, but uh, <laughs> no. Good, but, good, good on them for trying, but no. Yeah, but, but him, him and Klein making it showing up—that was good stuff. Yeah. 
I'm getting more excited for Klein's take on the Flash if we ever get it. Uh, you mean um, Ezra Miller, right? Ezra Miller. His name? Yes, I said Ezra Klein, who is not at all an actor. <laughs> he is an economist. I apologize. <laughs> also, an important figure in our times, but for different reasons. I, I'm out of practice, Ariel. Can you tell? <laughs> it's, it's February on full sun. Yes, yeah, I think Ezra, uh, better than Ezra. It's going to be amazing on the Flash. Let me... That movie. That movie is supposed to come out this year. The Flash movie. So, uh, well, <laughs> yeah, I bet it will. Can DC win the year? They got a shot at it. They got a real shot at it. Because this, this Batman flick looks like it might be pretty good. They got Batman. They got the Flash. The Batman, sir. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Which is only going to work for one movie. I yeah. that, that sequel is going to be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> the Batman. Ba- the Batman? The Batmans? <laughs> what, what's the plan? Sure, the, the, bat, the Batman. If they Once do again, Batman Warner Brothers, Batman, I'm only lie. thinking by quarter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They're, they're playing the short game every time. <laughs> so you got two vigilantes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They got, they got, uh, is, wait. I think Black but, Adam is on deck. Black Adam. Aquaman this year too, right? They, what, they, they threw up like a, a one minute trailer, mm-hmm. like all During the, the stuff. Yes. Yeah. And I watched it on YouTube later. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Aquaman was in there. Flash. Batman, of course. And Black Adam. Black Adam. And they're, they're going to do all four of those movies this year. That's They have a chance. But I don't know if they are. <laughs> yeah. And is, are they going to be good? The Batman almost certainly will be good. Yeah. The Flash. It's actually kind of hard to mess up Batman. It is pretty hard. You have to actively try and just put nipples on everything. I mean, it can be done. Yeah. We, it's, we, we have proof of concept, but it's yeah. hard. Yeah. And, and they've done many movies, and it's they're almost all enjoyable in one aspect or another except for one so i think we've got a pretty good you know stable of proof there i'm really looking forward to watching robert pattinson just beat the pulp out of everybody even more than any other batman that's i don't know why but it's uh that that the concept is enjoyable to me <laughs> maybe because i just he just seems so so much more mad this time well this i version. i like that this is this is this is the first time you're just going to jump in and assume we we know all the shit because we do yeah. fucking batman <laughs> yeah they have dvds so, to tell you if you don't get it uh here you go here's it, seven it, other this is called wikipedia also no that <laughs> and i'm sure they'll pump youtube full of explainer videos and whatever too while you're at it i mean come on they bought an, an a super bowl ad what, what, what more do you want from them done done and done but, um, yeah because catwoman's in it Riddler's in it um penguin yeah yeah i mean so they're like no we're just we're just gonna throw you in the middle of a batman flick and there's gonna be a mystery here which will be cool because he's a, de- a detective we haven't seen yeah. that aspect yet. This should, yeah. I mean, they could fall on their face, but I don't think they will. Yeah, unlikely. Uh, we got we got Black Adam. I I got the impression that's coming soon, but maybe I'm wrong. They've had a decade to make it, right? Was <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Which would mean it's gonna it's gonna break Black Widow's record for just for gestation before actually <laughs> pulling the damn trigger. So they got that wrapped up. Good for you. <laughs> But I, I don't. I don't even know if the Flash has has, has a director. It, it's had it's had several. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they got they they. I think they're. I think it's coming together. That's that's my view. Well, they hit the November. I think it's November. Uh, date. Mm. I think we're still we're still not we still haven't shaken loose of the COVID factor too, right? Like stuff just getting delayed. 
you know, if they're still filming stuff, like if there's a small, you know, outbreak amongst the cast, they got to shut that down. Who knows? It does feel like we're on the back end of it. Yeah, agree. It's just, I, I don't yeah. think it's over, but I just wonder like how, how much margin there is to get some of these movies finished. Right. Like generally speaking, movies don't, unless they're <laughs> really bad and they need to like, you know, uh, release them. them under the, <laughs> like they don't sit in the can for very long before they're out in the theater. I mean, which would make sense, right? You pay all this money. You're going to, you want to make it from a business sense. You just want to make it back as soon as possible. Well, the uh, it's so tight now too with release dates because you don't want to go against something else in the same milieu, yeah, which is yeah. what everything Hollywood's doing these days. Uh, yeah. Ask ask a bitter journalist about it; um, <laughs> they'll tell you sure. whether you whether and you ask or not. Directors, and some directors too, if you want to talk. To oh, oh, you're right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, phone watching assholes. Um, but yeah, I so and it, it, they spend so much time in post production and. I think typically it's like, oh god, how the hell are we going to get this out? <laughs> when yeah. we said it was, not the other yeah. thing, but just let so us. So there's no margin. So there's no margin. Like kind of what I'm getting at, right? It's exactly that. It's like if there's no margin for you to like have a misstep or a thing you've got to you, you plan some amount of reshoots and you but you hope to God that your whatever you have to reshoot fits into that time period because then you got to get the movie out. So like if something trips you up, even if it's like a two week delay, is that? really mess it up i don't know i'm i'm, I'm just speculating I'm, I'm asking openly like I, I don't i don't know so like how how close are some of these end of year movies or movies planned for it to be released at the end of the year like you know, how, how close were they to finished this is where warner's strategy actually works for them because they're not that connected or sometimes 100 yeah. percent at odds with each other in tone <laughs> so it, you don't have to worry about the interlocking can... they, they can come out scattershot whereas the pandemic like really kind of put marvel in a bind there for a year yeah, because they're like, well, fuck, we can't release this because this has to come out first because it'll ruin this if we don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was that was really tough. Sure, it would be weird to announce a Captain America four if we'd never watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Well, shit, you can't have you you can't you can't drop Hawkeye until you drop you Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. And I and I know they they were pissed about that because they <laughs> they were like, God dang it, we know this will crush in theaters, but we people can't go, so we're just gonna have to release it online. <laughs> oh, and here comes a lawsuit from our yeah. actress. Great, even just even better. Yeah, but that's the nature of like a giant interconnected universe. Yeah, and it's made you a bajillion dollars so far. Yeah. So eh, yeah, you know, you negotiate as, as best you can. I'm curious what season two of Peacemaker will look like because that that's apparently yeah. a go. Yeah, and I think Gunn's gonna do another show, like a separate show. They talked about him like working on some other spinoff from uh, the Suicide Squad. So, what's that going to be? <laughs> I mean, it's got to be Harley, right? That would be really cool. Does can Margot Robbie uh, deign to uh, spend time on a, on a TV set, though? She's a huge star in a different kind of context than John Cena is. I think John Cena maybe is more attuned to a regular production schedule like on the wrestling side. Are, are we talking uh, about uh, John Cena, co-host of Wipeout? <laughs> I don't know if I assume he does he still wrestle? I don't know what he does. I don't watch wrestling. I don't I don't know if he's like doing that. But I assume if like at least from his past, like he's he's accustomed to okay, if I'm signing up for this, that means I'm doing this for you know, regularly for an X period of time or 
Margot Robbie, big movie star. He he's found something with Chris Smith. I he would be wise to stick with that as long as he can. Yeah. In the way that Vin Diesel has been Dom Toretto for twenty years now. <laughs> yeah. I I really enjoyed that show. I feel like I'm not doing it just. I, I feel like I haven't talked it up enough. I just every one of the cast was was, was just phenomenal. It didn't. It didn't. Did the story didn't play things by the numbers too much either? Like there was, you expect some some things to go certain ways in terms of the when Mern was a was a revealed to be a, a butterfly mm. and all this stuff and how Adebayo was going to deal with the, the role her mom plays in her life and everything. The, the character is kind of spiritual. You kind of know where they're probably going to go, but there were twists and turns and everything was just in addition to being entertaining and the character dynamics kind of always being fun. Things went in weird directions they would you know they'd fuck it up and like go have to deal with it but sometimes they would succeed and still have to deal with messed up aspects to it all it just uh yeah i just i didn't know like tuning in every week i I just didn't know what to expect and that and it was always a delight on top of it after it was over the episode was over so it was so much fun yeah i i can't it was such like a it was basically just like a, an invasion story too right but they, they got so much out of it just by putting really, I guess, very eclectic characters into it. Sometimes that, and, and just crushing them, each and every one of them. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's still the best way to, to make a great story these days. But yeah, I, I think I think that about wraps it up for this one. Unless we missed anything in the 700 years since we last cast. <laughs> I just wanted to mention uh, one thing. because I'm not done with it yet. I have two more episodes left, but I am thoroughly enjoying The Legend of Vox Machina on Amazon Prime. I am not a Critical Role listener. Never never listened to Critical Role. I know it's really popular and they just didn't end up in my time allotment of what I could do. But I, I checked out that show. I'm having a freaking blast. Just oh, that's good, that's good to blast. hear. I, uh, that's kind of why I was avoiding it. I, I, I'm, I'm actually very invested in, in the franchise. I enjoy it quite a bit. I know you are, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um... Good lord, is it a lot of content though? So, <laughs> yeah, it's that's what I'm worried. So I was like, well, you know, this is a show I can just passively watch this when I can in you know thirty minute chunks and uh, see what it's like. And uh, just yeah, characters super fun. It, it definitely like it straddles this line where it's like I clearly I know clearly like this is a fantasy story, but it's also like told from the perspective of people role playing these characters. So you get like the the way that they're portrayed sometimes is like, oh, this is like a real person has probably said this on an, I, I can tell there's some moments where it's like, somebody said this on the podcast, like, just like, well, fuck, or whatever, you know, whatever. And, and like that happened. And then they made a dialogue for this character this way that's kind of like pushed from reality into this show. But it's so much fun when that happens, even uh, that, uh, yeah, everything's just, just really fun. The uninitiated who are trying it do seem to really enjoy it. Which I, and I wasn't sure if it was going to come through. They kind of rushed to to get to the highlights from their from their stream game. I wasn't thrilled about it and was thinking maybe maybe that was a mistake. But that content is so strong, and people who are not familiar with it seem to be really enjoying it. So perhaps I, I guess my read was wrong. I think they made the right call there. Maybe it's just you know how the the podcast is like the book, and the book's always going to be better if you invest the time in it. But the show, you know takes what it can and adapts it and it works for people who have only only touched on that that version the vox machina series is interesting in that it um 
They had been playing it for several years when they had time before the streamcast. They invented, yeah. well, they didn't invent it. I, I, I guess Penny Arcade did with, by sure. a podcast, but Felicia Day heard about it and was like, just invited them on Keegan Sundry's YouTube channel, and then this was born. But they'd been playing for a while, and I personally was excited to see, you know, the, the pre-stream stories. And they did almost none of that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> they, I think they took, like, their strongest story, which was episodes one and two from the pre-stream stuff. I, I, think, that, uh, I think that thing where the dragon uh. slash David Tennant <laughs> was the adversary. <laughs> I think I think that is an actual plot plot point from that. And then they and they just went straight into uh, that that uh the stuff against the Briarwoods, which is I think the consensus is is that's where Critical Role became Critical Role. Ah, okay. Even though I I actually still kind of enjoyed the stuff before it. They uh they they it got better as it went along too. I feel like yeah yeah the, the... which has been nice. And there's a lot more to mine. So I I I think season. Season two, we we know is coming. I'm starting to think season three is probably inevitable. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I think Amazon's got something on their hands with this. I think it's uh, at least for me. I I'll, I'll be there. I'm I'm enjoying it a lot. I I'll, I'll be curious to see. Yeah, this this is this is shaping up to be a huge year for fantasy. Oh yeah. Speaking of Wheel Amazon, of time. didn't even get a chance to talk Wheel of Time in any one of these, have we? <laughs> uh, no. But I think I'm the only person that's watched it. <laughs> I watched it. <laughs> You did watch I, it, okay. So we'll, we'll, okay, we'll have to come back to that at some point. Then I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try and see if I can get Riyadh to hop on. Yes, we need he, him on this. Yes, he's a super fan as well, so I'm, I'm sure he'll have thoughts if he's had time to watch it. And I'm, I have not read the books, so I'm coming at show only. So it'll be, it'll, it'll be a nice mix, I think, of people who've read the book and not read the book, and we can all, we can all talk about it. I think that'd be cool. I think that's a good idea. The Rings of Power is the, the bigger, their yes. biggest bomb drop, and that I, I, at least I think so. I will see how it goes. Yeah, but that'll be actively competing with House of the Dragon. Yeah, man, you're right. When you say it, when you put it that way. Yeah, yeah, I think Marvel versus DC might end up being an afterthought this year. <laughs> I, we'll see how it goes. Because Marvel does look like it's got two really nice flicks coming down the pipeline. Yeah, yeah. DC's got presumably if they can make them happen. <laughs> Slate? I don't know. Coming sometime soon. Isn't there like a Harry Potter a Fantastic Beast movie this year too? Yes. The Secrets of Dumbledore? Yeah. Something like that. There's another major franchise to throw into the mix. I'll be curious to see how that's received. Yeah. Given yeah. everything that's happened since the yeah. last one. There's been some problematic problematic actors in that uh <laughs> that franchise <laughs> on multiple different fronts. So which is so ironic because I know there's a full of Sound and Fury where we, we talked about how they were they had like a one hundred percent fan approval. And then I swear to God the next month it all it all went to hell. Never say never. Yeah. I are are we to blame for that? I don't I don't know. <laughs> Literally could not have scripted a more ironic outcome. <laughs> uh, what is coming up on the next comic script? And then we will get the hell out of here. Uh, yeah, uh, we, just, uh, we just dropped an episode a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, what did we talk about? We talked about this, uh, this, this book, The Good Asian, which uh, got a lot of, a lot of uh, kudos and stuff over time. It's like a noir uh, set in the 1930s Chinatown uh, detective story. Uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. 
And we read this Scotty Young book too called I Hate Fairyland, which is the grossest book I've read in a while. <laughs> but hilarious. I'm somewhat aware of that one, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So it's a comedy. It's a comedy. It's a very violent comedy. If well, this, you, is, uh, this, this is James Gunn uh, stuff. Kind of. kind. You know, now, okay. now I can see that connection, actually, if you mention it that way. Mention it that way. Yeah, it's like uh, you expect the little girl to be to land in some like toxically positive fairyland, and it does not go that way at all. And uh, you know, with Scotty Young doing art, uh, it's uh, it's wacky and crazy, and just it's just gross. It's just gross in some ways. <laughs> That's interesting, yeah. given that uh, <laughs> interesting word to use for a comic book. Just just disgusting. I don't. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. But that was the last one. Have you yeah. guys not chosen the new one? Yeah, we're the new one coming up in another couple of weeks. Uh, we're reading Radiant Black uh, by Kyle Higgins, another image image book. Image is just it, it, there's constant amount of like stuff to mine there. It's just the uh, very interesting. Years. Yeah, yeah. We'll be addressing that, that yeah. shortly. Yeah, yeah. We should. Yeah, and uh, there's this other uh, series uh, called Sheets that uh, we'll be we'll be talking about. Um, I don't know if that's I don't think that's image. I don't know much about it. Joe picked it out for the show. Sheets and Radiant Black for, for the next one. Always plenty of indie stuff uh to check out. A lot more than Marvel the popularity of Marvel and DC would have you believe. Oh yeah. I on some level I think Webtoons might might be the biggest publisher of all right now. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah. It's massive little... fan base there. Oh absolutely. And sub substacks just getting started. <laughs> that's a whole other new thing going coming. <laughs> I have some thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> that that feels like it's about to be up there with like Zune and Garth Brooks's <laughs> alt rock career. <laughs> Remember those things? They were not good ideas. I have, I have yet to try a Substack comic myself, uh, but it's uh, sure getting a lot of press right now. People are doing that. Yeah, VC money. Yeah. That's good if you can get it. Sure. Ariel Rodriguez, thank you for being here, man. Thank you for having me, sir, as always. Yeah, I've, uh, I was psyched to do it again. It had been, been too long. I have been Cyrus Mortazavi at uh, GreatSwordStudios.com, and this has been Full of Sun and Fury. This episode and previous episodes of Full of Sun and Fury Podcast is available at FullOfSunAndFuryPodcast.com or by a subscription at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. This has been a Great Storage Studios production, copyright 2022.